the 2020 NFL Draft Thursday night. First ever virtual draft and for the first time, the IT department will probably be just as important if not more important than the draft picks being made. So it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. But you, the Alabama football, the Alabama football fan, have chosen to spend your Wednesday, your hump day here with us on the hottest show on the streets, the best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information, that being in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, coming to you from Tuscaloosa. Show bigger than me as always. I got my man John Ivory, JP, in the production studio making the pop with the beats as he does each and every time. And uh, as we are streaming, this is always through YouTube. If you are new to the show, go ahead right now and hit that subscribe button. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button right now and turn on your notifications. That way, we here at TDA can continue providing you, pumping you out the best in news, notes, information, and content on your Crimson Tide. Got a huge show prepared for the day. On Wednesdays, it's Matt Cadell Day. So former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell will be joining us as we break down our mock drafts. Who, can, who do we see going in the first round? And playing a little bit of round robin with the other guys for the Crimson Tide that will look to hear their names called in the venue on Thursday night. But we start off this with a few updates here. And the first one, I've already mentioned it. Tomorrow, the 2020 NFL Draft, first ever virtual event, virtual venue. We're going to get a chance to see how many Bama players can come off the board. Who will be the first Alabama player taken off the board? going to be a very exciting thing to behold, to watch. As I mentioned, just as important as the picks that are being made will be the guys in the IT department. If somebody messes something up, somebody could potentially may lose their job. So hopefully everything will flow the way it's supposed to flow here in terms of the virtual draft, but NFL draft on tomorrow. Also, according to the NCAA on today, the 2019 Iron Bowl inspired a rule change. If you remember last year's Iron Bowl, it was Alabama and Auburn from Jordan-Hare. The score was 31-24, to if I'm not mistaken, and there was about you know, 10 seconds left in the first half. Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers are driving. Uh, Nix dumps the pass off to Jatarvius Whitlow. He gets down past midfield. His knee touches at about maybe the 35-yard line or so. And it's about, it's literally like three, it's about two seconds left in the clock. His knee touches. The clock runs out. It's supposed to be halftime. The officials blow the whistle for halftime, but somehow Auburn ends up getting one second put back on the clock to take the field goal. And Nick Saban is completely irate on the side. Now, of course, we all remember that moment. Well, according to the NCAA, there was a change made to the rule to where unless there are three seconds left, on a clock prior to the halftime, then that clock's going to run off. Unless there's three seconds left on the clock, you cannot run an extra play. Unless there's three seconds left, the ref, the officials, uh, puts, they set the ball in motion. You're able to get up under that ball and run a play. Unless there's three seconds left, then that becomes free clock and uh, the time will expire. So, new change being made here to the rule that was inspired by the Iron Bowl from 2019. Now, of course, Gus Malzahn of Auburn, not too happy about that, but this just proves the fact that Coach Saban still having impact on the college game. His influence very strong. The, the force is strong with one Coach Saban. But we dive into topic number one. And speaking of Coach Saban, when the great ones speak, it behooves everyone else to listen. I was taught as a young child to obey your elders, listen to your elders. They know what they're talking about. So when the great ones speak, it behooves everyone else around them to listen. And uh, Coach Saban, when he opens his mouth, there are a lot of uh, nuggets, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words that you can, uh, you can grow on, life lessons. 
And uh, I know he's a football coach and people respect him as such, but when he talks, you wonder, could he have been a humanitarian? Could he have been a politician? Could he have been something more than just you know, a football coach because there's so much knowledge in what he says. Now, I know at times he likes to poke fun at the media. He likes to roast a reporter here and there. He likes to go off on a tangent and tell people, hey, talk to this Coke bottle, talk to the bottle. I've been a part of quite a few of those press conferences. So, though there are times where he messes around with the people, with the press, more times than not, when he opens his mouth, it's lessons of life. And, uh, Right now, or in the last couple of days or so, last few weeks or so leading up to the draft, he's been warning teams, he's been urging teams, hey, don't pass up, don't overlook, don't turn your nose up at one to a Tagovailoa, former University of Alabama quarterback. And he sat down with the Wall Street Journal saying, you know, don't, warning NFL teams, don't pass up on Tua. Don't overlook Tua. Don't count Tua out. If you have an opportunity to draft Tua Tagovailoa and have your franchise game-changing quarterback, don't let this moment pass you by. And uh, the reason why, you know, Saban is saying this is because uh, he's always talked about experience is the best teacher. And what's, what's so funny is, a couple of weeks ago, just a couple of months ago, and this was shortly after Tua sustained the dislocated right hip with the fracture to the posterior wall against Mississippi State, everybody in national media was going, we're not going to cast judgment on Tua until the medicals get here. Let's wait till the medicals come in. When the medicals get here, that's when we'll have our verdict. That's when the jury is in play. That's when we have the judge make the statement. We're going to wait till the medicals come in. It got to the point where even Tua Tagovailoa and talking to reporters will say, I'm waiting on my medicals. I'm just trying to pass my medicals. My job is to ace the medicals. I'm trying to win the medicals. So everybody is beating the same darn drum of that seed when the medicals come in, right? If, if the medicals come in and he clears out well, Tua should still be regarded as a first-round pick as a top five pick. So at every single checkpoint, right, Tua's looking good. Hips looking good. No loss of blood. Full range of motion. He's able to bend, pop, twist, maneuver. Darn, Tua looks good on that hip. At every checkpoint, Tua was acing the medical. And it gets down to the final checkpoint, right? Final checkpoint. All 32 NFL teams, they signed off. They put their John Hancock in the piece of paper. They signed off on this one hip specialist who's supposed to be the best, the elite, prestigious, pristine, profound. This is supposed to be the best hip specialist in the business, bar none, point blank, period. Everybody's like, I'm good with this guy. I'm great with this guy. I'm silent with this guy. Let him run. The medicals on Tua. And this this particular specialist takes Tonga Valoa through the ringer and gives him the most strenuous, thorough, uh, precise. He puts through a, Tua through a bunch of tests in this final hip examination. And he does so to where every other doctor, every other trainer, he enlists the feedback of everybody. So everybody knows what Tua's going through. Everybody knows the process. Everybody knows the procedure. Everybody is getting the information on Tua Tagovailoa. So specialist comes in, he does a thorough examination, leaves no stone left unturned, and he gives Tua the thumbs up. He gives Tua the green light. So at this point, Tua has fulfilled, he has passed all medical requirements, has passed all of them. And it's crazy how prior to all of this, it was as long as Tua wins the medicals, still should be a top five guy, still should be a first round pick. After he gets the final thumbs up, 
Here come the national experts. Here come the draft analysts. Here come people citing sources from teams and scouts and owners and GMs and coaches going, well, I don't trust that doctor. Well, I don't trust that dude. This is some he said, she said mess. This is some hearsay. Tua was not at our facility. He wasn't with our coaching staff. He wasn't at our building. He wasn't at our organization. He wasn't with our team doctors. I don't trust it. Still too risky. I don't care what that doctor said. I'm not trusting my billionaire baby to a young man that's had five surgeries. He wasn't in our facility. Well, you were the one that signed off on it, did you not? You were one of the 32 NFL teams that signed off on it. You put your John Hancock down on the piece of paper. I, I, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I mean, if y'all were not in co if y'all were not cohesive what what was going on? If y'all were not gonna condone what was going on, you could have been like how the pastor in the church who's about to marry the couple and he goes, if you are against this marriage, speak now or forever hold your doggone peace. Y'all didn't say a mumbling word. So y'all were in full compliance of having this one team doctor that all 32 teams signed off on check on one to a tongue of Angoa. And everybody has the information, everybody has the CT scans, everybody has the videos, everybody has what they need to have in terms of two. It's just, it's just crazy how prior to this, it was as long as Tua wins, the medicals were fine, were good, he's first round, he's top five. But as soon as the young man wins the medicals, it becomes, oh, I don't trust that team doctor. Well, you the one that signed off on it. You the one that said it was okay. Anyway, the reason why Nick Saban is urging so many NFL teams not to pass on Tua is Nick Saban has been through this before, people. Nick Saban is one who wants to live his life with very few, if not many, if not any regrets at all. But of, his, of the few regrets that he has, the biggest one comes from his time in the NFL as a coach. He spent eight years in the league. Two of those years he spent with the Miami Dolphins as a head coach, 2005 to 2006. And there was a quarterback by the name of Drew Brees in the 2006 free agency period. And, you know, Brees was on top of his game with the San Diego Chargers, who are now the L.A. Chargers from 2001 to 05. He had a huge year in 2004, winning Comeback Player of the Year. And, uh, you know, even though the Chargers went out there and got Phillip Rivers in the NFL draft from North Carolina State, Drew Brees was still on top of his game. Now, 05, the situation got murky, and Brees gets hurt. He tears his he tears the right labrum in his throwing shoulder, and, he, and there was also additional rotator cuff damage. Uh, thank goodness you had the likes of uh, Dr. James Andrews and Dr. Sabi Sejoyitz. Sejoy, uh, Dr. Andrews and his team were able to go in there, have the surgery done on Drew Brees, take him through a strenuous rehab, get the cartilage, the nerves, the fibers, the ligaments, the tendons, everything back working properly. And even though you know, the Chargers made it rain in the club one time for Phillip Rivers and give him the contract, they let go of Brees. And uh, two teams were interested in Breeze in that 2006 free agency period, that being the Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints. And uh, Saban wanted Breeze. Breeze was Saban's guy. Saban knew if I could get Drew Breeze in here, I can keep Tom Brady from winning a few more Super Bowls and probably having some for myself. And even though Breeze was Saban's guy, the Miami Dolphins medical staff goes, Nick, what are you doing? Did you not see what Drew Brees hurt? He hurt his shoulder. He hurt his throwing shoulder, Nick. He's done. That's his livelihood. He's not going to be able to play again. He's not going to be able to throw anymore. Take him out in the pasture like old younger and kill him. Nick, poor man can't even pick up a glass of water no more, Nick. He ain't no good. He ain't going to play in the league no more, Nick. Let it go, Nick. Let it die. Breeze ain't going to play in the league no more. And uh, listening to... The medical staff, Nick Saban ends up coming off of the guy he wanted. 
He ends up getting Dante Culpepper. It doesn't work. And Nick Saban watches his man, Drew Brees, go to the, go to the New Orleans Saints, a city that was about to lose its franchise, a city that got blown away by Hurricane Katrina, and the man that everybody said would never play again. Drew Brees wins the Saints the Super Bowl, is part of the Saints' rebuilding process of helping rebuild the city. He sets records left and right, breaks records left and right, and upon the end of his career, that young man is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer versus the Dolphins have been through 14 quarterbacks since that time, and Nick Saban is no longer with the franchise. He is with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So Nick Saban, he knows what it feels like to not get what he wants to get. And he is urging, begging NFL teams, don't do what I did. If you have a chance to take Tua, take a game-changing quarterback. Do it now. Save your franchise. We're going to go to our first break here. On In My Own Words, the podcast, Hi, Show in the Streets here, Touching Alabama Magazine. Upon our return, we dive into your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns, folks, right after this. fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are rocking and rolling, folks, on a Wednesday from the break. Hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information in my own worst of podcast. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Once again, Tide fans. If you are new to the show right now, hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications so that we can get you the hottest form of Alabama football commentary, whether it's in recruiting, whether it's in current players, former players, whatever you like, we got you covered right now, just right here. Just hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications. But 205-448-1358, the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. You can also text with that number, leave a voicemail with that number as well. And we got my man, Waylon, who is already up in the queue on a hump day. Waylon, how you doing, man? My main man, Stephen M., is once again hot today. It is Wednesday down at TDA. What's going on, Stephen? Doing well, Wagon, and, and just trying to understand what Nick Saban's coming from, man, when he talks about, you know, don't pass on Tua. He had the chance to take Drew Brees in 2006 when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, a, a, as powerful, as influential as Nick Saban is, the medical staff of the Dolphins just – sat there and convinced that man to move off of his guy, Drew Brees. And, you know, Saban's just telling people, don't make the mistake I made. If you got a chance at Tua, take him. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they're cracking on Tua pretty hard with five surgeries. And, you know, it's, it's just the same thing every day over and over. I guess they've gotten bored with this COVID-19. They don't have anything else to report on. And I saw also saw Mr. Ryan Clark. I think he bashed Mr. Rhodes also, didn't he? I mean, he he sat there and on ESPN's Get Up the other day, which we're going to talk about this way later on in the show, but sat there and referred to one Henry Ruggs the third is overrated, which, once again, are you absolutely serious? 
Exactly. Are you absolutely serious? So that got me a little hot under the collar, dude. That's going to be today's. That's going to be today's three hearty chuckles in her poem. What about that? I like it, man. Let me hear it. All right. We're going to end it now. We know we got a lot of people in the queue down at TDA. So this is for you, Mr. Ryan Clark. You shouldn't have done it. Here we go, TDA. Roses are reds. Violence are the blues. Ryan Clark, you're once again the fake news. Henry Ruggs is the man. He can jump 48 inches up on a can. Run to 40 so fast, can't even catch him on the scan. So, Ryan Clark, this is the best you can do. You need to drop your paper in the toilet. That will make the real sports news. All right, Stephen, I'll get out of here. We'll catch y'all again Friday night. Y'all be good. Bye-bye. Always great to hear from Wayne. And we got another caller in the queue. You're live on In My Own Words, the podcast on the eve of the NFL draft. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? This is Leon from the Sportscast. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Man, I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Here, what's on your mind? I, I mean, I can't wait for tomorrow, for tomorrow night. Where's Tua going? Big question. Now, to me, when I look at Tua, I personally have him uh, for the L.A. Chargers at the sixth overall pick. Now, will the Chargers trade up? and take him at a higher number than six, we could definitely see. But if we're doing this straight up, I would have two at number six for the Chargers. What's the worst-case scenario? Now, the, the, the worst-case scenario would be – okay, the worst-case scenario – now, define that right quickly by worst-case scenario. I mean, I think the worst-case scenario is going outside the top ten. Okay. Okay, so the, 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 the worst-case scenario for Tua – would be, to me, absolutely terrible as if he drops out of the first round. So the worst case scenario for me, the worst case scenario for me would be if he is picked, if, if, he, if he drops from top five to about top 20. See, that's the thing. Because um, have you heard about uh, rumors about like, the Dolphins training up to get an offensive tackle? I have not heard that. The most, the most I've heard of the Dolphins is Justin Herbert out of Oregon, but offensive tackle, that's interesting. Yeah, but also I've also been hearing that the Miami, uh, Miami could get Tua um, as well. So, 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 would that, so would that be more than likely the 18th pick? Is that, that what you're saying? I don't know. It could be 18th or it could be at that fifth spot. It could be either or. It's going to be interesting, man. My main thing here is the IT guys that, that will be running the draft, that will be making sure that the power doesn't go off, that the connection doesn't go bad, that everything is synced up the right way. You talk about the pressure on the savvy technolo technological people. They are going to be under some stress tomorrow. <laughs> I'm sure there will be some hackers targeting those GMs' houses. Probably so, man. Probably so. But, but I'm looking forward to this venue. Going to probably have a chance to maybe have six to seven guys for the University of Alabama taken in that first round. So it's going to be fun, man. I, I'm ready to see it. Who will be picked first, um, um, Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs? That's tough, man. That, to me, though, give me Ruggs at 13 to the San Francisco 49ers and, I, and then Judy 15 to Denver. But the thing we got to watch for is how many trades will be made in the first round? That's the thing. You're going to see you know, Miami making some trades maybe, maybe the Raiders. Um, I've been hearing like the Patriots possibly. You know, What about Tampa? Those type of teams, you never know. I mean, Steve, this could happen last minute. Very last minute. It could. Now, you, you mentioned Tampa and you brought up New England. Could you possibly see in a parallel universe that the Patriots, tr the Patriots trade back, get a first-round pick, and try to go get Tua? I think so. Very possible. I could see Patriots oh, pull, wow. pull some strings. Yeah. And that would be a great place for Tua. Tua, you know, you know, rest for one year, you know, uh, be uh, learning from Brian Hoare a little bit, but he'll be set for like the following season. 
gonna be a fun draft, man. I, I, I'm excited to see and uh, pull my chair up, get me some good food, and watch this whole thing take place as these young <laughs> men embark upon a journey that's gonna change their life and enhance their life. But uh, man, I appreciate the call, man. Keep listening to us. Steve, you're the man. I love you, you, and I love Alabama. Roll Tide. Appreciate my man Leon from the Sportscast calling us in on in my own words the podcast. We're gonna go to our next break here on the show, but continue to light us up in the chat line. Upon our return, we will be joined live by my man Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver. We will talk the NFL draft right after this. want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi, check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown alabama.com today and roll tide back inside the action ladies and gentlemen on the hottest show on the streets the best form of alabama football news notes and information on a wednesday hump day that being in my own worst, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are new to the show right now, hit that subscribe button right now. If you are new to the show and turn those notifications on because we're trying to get you, we want to get you the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your Crimson Tide. But we go to the hotline right now. We pick up the analyst, the real analyst, the legit analyst, former Alabama wide receiver, Matt Cadell, back on, on a Wednesday. Brother, how you feeling? Are you ready to rock and roll? I am ready to rock and roll. We got the draft tomorrow. Uh, I'm getting excited. Uh, and just want to reiterate again to all those Alabama fans, Come to Touchdown Alabama. Hit that like and subscribe button. That's where you can get a one-stop shop for everything you need to know about Alabama football. You got it right there from, from my man Matt Cadell reiterating, hitting that subscribe button. If you are new to the show, well, Matt, you bring it. You brought it up. Tomorrow, Thursday, first ever virtual NFL draft, something that we've never seen before. It's going to be very exciting to dive into how will this all play out. But you and I are going to put on our draft hat, and we're going to go through mocking our mocking the Alabama players that will go in the first round, that we feel will go in the first round, and play a little bit of round robin with some of the other guys that will get drafted. So starting this off here with Tua. Tua Tungavangoa, quarterback, Crimson Tide. Where do you see him going, Matt? Uh, I actually see him, well, first let's just set up. I mean, the draft, you got number two, Washington Redskins. They can go with Chase Young. Um, but that's kind of where the Tua talks come in. And it might be a couple teams interested in trading up. But I think Tua is going to end up a Miami Dolphin um, at five. Um, and if not there... Uh, I think he's going to be an L.A. Charger um, at six. So I think either Miami's either going to have to trade up to get ahead of the Chargers or the Chargers are going to have to trade up uh, to get ahead of Miami, either with Washington. I mean, I think mainly with Detroit at three um, or Giants at four. So that's where I think Tua is going to end up. But. You know, you never know how the draft may go. You never know how these draft boards might end up. If the Chargers do not take Tua at six or the Miami does not take Tua at five and Tua starts to slide, my sleeper team 
is going to be Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Everybody's saying New England. <laughs> possibly having an outside chance to get to a Tonga Valor just because of the whole Belichick Saban connection. Um, if Tua slips, I wouldn't be surprised to see if a team like the Patriots possibly looking to trade up, um, maybe with Tampa Bay at 14 uh, to draft Tua. So that's just kind of my thinking. But at the end of the day, I think Tua is going to be a Dolphin or a Charger. Well, for me, Matt, straight up, I got him going number six to the Chargers. Now, if the Chargers trade up out of that sixth spot, I still think he goes to L.A., it would put him back closer to home in Hawaii. And the Chargers already have the weapons like Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. You already got Tyrod Taylor, so it's not like you have to force Tua to play year one. You can let him heal up. So I would have him number six to those L.A. Chargers. But we look now at big man Jedrick Wills at 6'4", 312. What do you see? Where do you see Jedrick at, Matt? Well, first of all, let's talk about the offensive line in this draft. I mean, I think you're going to see a run of about four or five offensive It's line a deep class. First. Yes, but it's a top tier of guys. It's like four or five guys, your Wills, your Thomas, your Becton, your Tristan Wirfs. I think you're going to see those linemen go within the top 12 um, picks. And so um, it might vary for different teams who they have on the board, but I really like uh, Jared. Jedrick Willis at number four with the New York Giants. Um, I think that would be a good fit for him. I think Dave Gettleman uh, is really looking for somebody to protect uh, their prize possession in Daniel Jones, protect the quarterback, protect, uh, open up big holes for Saquon Barkley. So uh, I can see Jedrick going at number four or possibly um, – to Arizona at eight if Arizona, or Cleveland at 10. So I think in these top 12 picks, there will be a run of offensive linemen. And I think all those top tier linemen are going to just be flying off the board once that first one goes off the board. Matt, I had Jedrick Wills to the Cardinals at eight for the longest of time. But after looking at guys like Andrew Thomas, and Tristan Wirfs, of course, Wirfs of Iowa. I'm going to go Jedrick Wills at number 10 to the Cleveland Browns. Tide Nation, don't hate me. Uh, the Browns have talent <laughs> with Baker Mayfield. They just got – well, they recently got uh, uh, Conklin, the offensive tackle, acquired him from the Tennessee Titans. So they need one more bookend tackle to protect Baker Mayfield. So number 10 to the Browns, that would be Jedrick Wills for me. Now we get to the guy everybody wants to see, uh, Henry Ruggs, Matt. <laughs> well, actually, I think um, it's going to be interesting because you, you don't know what San Francisco is going to do. Uh, you look at teams that like Denver uh, at 15, they might be too far back. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles at 21, they might be too far back as well. And uh, teams like the Raiders, you know, Gruden's always looking for a good receiver and the jets at 11. So I think you're going to have a lot of movement uh, from teams to see who's going to take hop in the top 10 to get that first receiver. Um, I still think personally that Judy's going to be the first one off the board just because of the level of competition that he's played against the SEC been so consistent. Um, but rugs, I think rugs, is going to be a perfect fit for 13 with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I, if, if San Francisco stays there, uh, I think that would be an ideal fit. Or I can see him at 15 with Denver, um, but you never know. So I think the Jets at 11 actually go offensive line. Uh, I think they're going to go with one of the linemen, possibly made him trading up in the top 10. But um, I know they lost their big-time receiver, Anderson, so – I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, get Judy or Ruggs at that position. But I, start, I do think you start to see the run of receivers from 11 on down. As much as I want to see Henry Ruggs to the Saints at 24, as much as I want to see that, I don't think Ruggs stays on the board that long. So I went with him at number 12 to the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Even though people may say that's a gamble, that's a bit too much. John Gruden likes speed. The Davis family likes speed. And they got to have somebody that can catch a short pass from uh, a Derek Carr or a Marcus Mariota and take the top off some things. Uh, give me rugs at 12 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Awesome. That sounds good. I, I think um, we're kind of around. Everybody's kind of thinking the same thing. I think those GMs are kind of thinking the same thing. And I think – if you're kind of in behind 21 with Philadelphia, like I mentioned earlier, Denver, you you have to try to get ahead of teams like the Raiders or the Jets or San Francisco to get one of these top tier guys, um, Judy or Ruggs. So number so the next guy here we got Jerry Judy, and for Judy I'm sticking with my pick of the Denver Broncos, pick 15. Uh, this is where Judy falls right here. John Elway loves Drew Locke at quarterback. They've got weapons on the outside with Cortland Sutton. They've got a tandem at running back with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Good young tight end and no offense. So, Judy to me, still 15 to Denver. My man, Cadell, it's on you. Uh, I actually have Judy. I'm kind of flip-flop with the Raiders with your pick. I actually have Judy with the Las Vegas Raiders at 12. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, he'll be able to team up with this guy, uh, Josh Jacobs, out there. Kind of have a little Bama connection. Oh, well, Bama on and, Bama love there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a little Bama connection, Bama love there out in Las Vegas. And um, I think that would be a good fit. Um, you know, you look at Mike Mayock with his uh, pedigree of evaluating talent. Um, I think Gruden is probably going to fall in love with one of these receivers. Um, and I think right now I see him at Las Vegas um, and possibly Denver, but I think Denver is going to have to trade up, like I mentioned earlier, to get one of these top uh, premier uh, receivers. Now, as we move on down here, Matt, we go to Xavier McKinney, safety. I have him going number 23 to the New England Patriots due to Patriots secondary getting older, Patrick Chung up there, Devin McCourty in his early to mid-30s, so got to get some young, fresh blood out there in that defensive backfield. McKinney, to me, 23 to New England. Yeah, I think McKinney is um, obviously the top safety on this board. His, he can do anything. He can play the run. He can play in the box. He can cover slide. He can cover the outside. He's just such a versatile um Safety, and I got him going, like you mentioned, at 23 for McKinney. But I think his, his conversations really started getting interesting around uh, 17 with Dallas. You know, Dallas might go defensive line, possibly an edge rusher, but I can really see them. Um, you know, they lost Byron Jones, so they really kind of need to fill that void, and I don't think they go corner. And I think uh, having a smart safety like McKinney, um, at 17, I think that would be a good pick. And if Tua is already at Miami at five, Miami still has the 18 pick. I, I, I can obviously see them possibly taking McKinney at that spot, but I still think Miami goes offensive line to address their offensive line needs at 18. Now, Matt, you and I, and for those, for those of you that are just tuning in, we are live here on In My Own Words, the podcast, with former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell talking some NFL draft. And, Matt, we have the same first five guys. Now, our potential sixth guy is different from each other. So, who was your sixth guy that could get in the first round? Uh, I have Diggs. I think um... – Oh, baby! <laughs> Yeah, I really like Diggs. I think he's actually a good steal in this draft uh, because he's such a tall, athletic corner, has great ball skills. I think he's going to end up in the NFC West with either Seattle or maybe the 49ers at 31 or maybe the Chiefs at 32. So I think he'll probably go later in the first round. Um, so I can really see him either at 27 with Seattle or um, San Francisco at 31 or the Chiefs at 32. And I think um, his better fits for his style of play, I think Seattle will be ideal, um, how they play defense, how they like to be physical. Um, and I think either that or San Francisco 49ers, I can really see uh, Diggs thriving um, in those defenses. Who is your uh, number six player? My number six player was none other than Terrell Lewis. 
And I had T. Lou okay. going at number 29 to those Tennessee Titans after they let go of Jarrell Casey. They need another big-time edge rusher. T. Lou was also my steal of the draft, so I had him 29 to the uh, the Titans. But uh, this is fun right here. This is fun right here. So we got Matt Cadell on talking some NFL draft here with us on the show. And, Matt, before, you, before we let you go here, who would you have as your steal of the draft? My steal of the draft, um, I said digs, but I want to kind of phrase it instead of steal of the draft because there's so much, so many great talent uh, within this draft. But I want to say if I have a great value penny stock where you can invest low and get so much value for this guy, I have to go with Anthony Jennings. I think Jennings is just going to fall into a great situation with the team, probably go second, third, third round. I don't think he's falling out of the third round. But he's such a great uh, pass rusher coming off the edge. Um, he's been so consistent. And I think that's someone that he has such a high ceiling um, in the NFL game. Um, so that's kind of my great value penny stock pick is uh, Anthony Jennings. And my obviously my steal, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be um, – he's just going to be a steal. I really see him – possibly with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if the Saints, uh, I can really see him kind of backing up. You know, they lost Teddy Bridgewater, and they can kind of uh, get a quarterback later in the second round. I think that would be a good fit for Jalen to kind of learn how to um, learn behind Drew Brees and Sean Payton and what they like to do offensively. He's Matt Cadell joining us live here on the show in my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, and breaking down a little bit of the NFL draft mocking where we feel like a lot of these Alabama players will go on Thursday. Matt, as always, man, appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us, man. Be safe, be good, and enjoy the draft. All right, you do the same, man. We'll talk tomorrow for sure. All right. All right, bye. Always fun to have Matt Cadell here talking Alabama Crimson Tide football here with us. We're going to go to our next break here on the show. But upon our return, we go back to the phone lines to pick up your phone calls, thoughts, text messages, tweets, comments, questions, and concerns after this. University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the action, folks. In my own words, the po- in my own words, the podcast. A little tongue tied there. Hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information on a Wednesday hump day, the eve of the NFL draft, and happy that you guys were able to rock and roll with us. As always, if you are new to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Right now, hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications so that we can provide to you the best in analysis, commentary, and insight on your Crimson Tide. The number is always 205-448-1358 for you to call to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. But... Something interesting here, people, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they not only did they acquire Tom Brady in the free agency period, but they were also able to lure one Rob Gronkowski 
to join Brady and uh, the Buccaneers kind of in a win now mode with you know both of those two guys in there they have a stacked roster with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin they have a number of tight ends led by Cameron Brayton OJ Howard they have so much there on the roster and with the Super Bowl being held at Raymond James Stadium next year and in Tampa Florida the question is Will the Buccaneers ultimately trade O.J. Howard? Because they've been trying to, they tried to deal him away two months ago, according to ESPN, to get an offensive tackle, Trent Williams, from the Washington Redskins. Unfortunately, the deal did not go through. Bucks need to address some things on the offensive line. They also need a pass-catching running back, just seeing how in the last few years of Brady, Brady's been able to throw the ball to the likes of James White and Deion Lewis, Shane Vereen, and also Danny Woodhead. So he's known to dump the ball off to those guys out the backfield. So does Tampa Bay trade? Does Tampa Bay work out some type of way to deal out O.J. Howard? Does Howard request a trade? Because at this point, if I'm O.J., I would do it because – this was supposed to have been his year, right? With Tom Brady coming in here, you know, Howard was excited about, I'm going to get a chance to play with the GOAT, the legend, the greatest of all time, the creme de la creme, a first ballot Hall of Famer. This is about to be my moment to shine, you know, as a Buccaneer in the Bruce Arian offense. And now here comes Gronk, of whom, yes, he turns 30 years old, Next month, yes, he's regarded as one of the best tight ends to ever play the game. Yes, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Yes, he's a four-time, you know, first-team NFL All-Pro. But he's also dealt with 15 injuries in his career. And these injuries range from knee issues to back issues to forearm issues to concussions. He had to retire for a year from the game of football because his body was so banged up. But he's got the itch to want to come back, and because he has that itch, he wants to be back with the comfort of Brady. And if you're O.J. Howard, this was supposed to be your year. If you're Howard, do you make that move to request a trade? Seeing how, you know, uh, since 2017, O.J. Howard, 94 catches, 1,456 yards, 12 touchdowns. He had a solid career at the University of Alabama, 114 catches, 1,726 yards, and seven scores, despite the fact that, you know, he could have been used way more than what he was, you know, put out there on the field. But if you're O.J. Howard, do you request a trade from Tampa Bay, just seeing how with Gronk in here and so many other tight ends in here and with Tampa Bay in this win-now mode and trying to get an offensive tackle and a running back in terms of picks, what do you do here if you are O.J. Howard? But as we dive back here into this chat line, here the number again, 205-448-1358, the number to be a part of the hottest show in the streets right now. Nick Saban Jr. writes in, I would love to see Jalen Hurts go to the Patriots. That would be a boss move. I would like to see Jalen in New England. Now, to me, at times, I feel like Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft do not pay their players enough, but Jalen in New England, smart, intelligent, great leader, great intangibles, a guy that wants to prove Doubter's wrong. He kind of has that same mindset that Tom Brady had when Brady entered the league in 2000 or 2000 to 2001, wanting to prove players wrong. So I I, I could deal with, with, with Jalen in New England. Here we go. We've got Frederick Turner who writes in, Stephen doing a show tomorrow. That would be awesome. And Willie351 writes in, draft special? That could be the move. Uh, I kind of want to sit there and watch the draft from home with my pizza and the hot wings and my Hawaiian punch. Kind of watch the draft from the house there. I mean, I'm good with talking draft with the Alabama faithful, but uh, I kind of had a date with a little lady known as Hawaiian punch and uh, ginger ale and some, uh, some pizza and some wings, but we'll see how it all shapes out, though. We're going to take another break here. On the show, continue to light us up there in the chat line. But upon our return, we get into one Ryan Clark, who referred to Henry Ruggs as overrated. Why did he make that statement? We'll touch it up after this. 
If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. In my own words, the podcast, how to show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you will find anywhere. Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And uh, we were going to discuss, we were going to jump back into a conversation I started on on uh, Monday and talking about one Christian Harris and why I feel like he would lead the team in tackles for loss. But when interesting news rolls across the table, you got to get to the interesting news first. And this one comes from one Ryan Clark, former LSU defensive back, won a champion, won an SEC title with the Tigers. He played 13 seasons, 13 seasons in the, in the uh, NFL, and he's now an analyst for ESPN, and he was on the show Get Up on uh, Monday, on uh, Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, Mike Greenberg threw in the question about guys who are the most overrated and underrated entering this draft. And when it came to the overrated parts, Ryan Clark referred to one uh, Henry Ruggs III in being overrated. Now, upon him being asked the question, he said this. I don't want to use the word overrated, or I don't like using the word overrated to defy or describe these young men, but in the case of Henry Ruggs, because of his blazing 40 time, he's being bumped up into the conversation with the likes of Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Justin Jefferson, and I don't see him as that type of receiver. He is, he, he's the type of guy that's, that does not run the whole route tree. He'll get open. He'll take the top off a of defense. But if you have to gamble and pick him, he would not be the number one guy that you need or he would not, he would not be the guy that you need early in the draft if you're talking about a number one route receiver, basically kind of sort of paraphrasing what Ryan Clark said. Now, no offense to Ryan Clark. I I admire, I respect what he does at ESPN, but to sit there and refer to one of Henry Ruggs as overrated is just straight up ridiculous because this is somebody in Ruggs. Keep in mind, most guys, most young athletes, they play in football. They play four years of varsity football. Most guys play four years of varsity ball. Henry Ruggs was a basketball guy, right? Was a basketball guy, was a track guy in Montgomery. He, he, he was a hooper. And if not for his best friend, his fallen friend, God rest his soul, if not for Roderick Scott encouraging him, convincing him that, bruh, your passion, your destiny, your dream is on the football field. I know you a hooper. I know you love to hoop because I love to hoop. But, bruh, your dream lies on that football field. If not for Roderick Scott convincing Ruggs, persuading Ruggs, encouraging Ruggs to see that his dream on the football field. Does Henry Ruggs ever play the game? We will never know. He plays the game. He plays two years. He was dominant at Lee High School. He gets the scholarship to come to the University of Alabama. And all three years, I don't think people recognize this, but all three years Ruggs was at Alabama, he did something different. He got better and better and better. But he did something different in excellence all three years. His first season, 2017, and this was with a roster that had Calvin Ridley, Cam Sims, Robert Foster, a lot of older guys. 
The freshman Ruggs led the, receiving, led the receiver room in touchdowns with six. He was the one that helped start the comeback against Georgia in the national championship game. He caught the first touchdown pass from Tua Tungavaloa. And in 2018, Ruggs was one of five receivers that had at least 40 catches. He had 46 receptions in his sophomore year. And then 2019, he led the receiver group in yards per catch average, 18.6 yards per catch. He did something different. He took it to the next level every single year. And for Ryan Clark to say he's not a guy that will run every route in the route tree, go tell that to Christian Fulton, who uh, Henry Ruggs made look like a two-year-old on the field when Alabama took on LSU. This past season, even though Ruggs did not get the ball half the time, he put together some of the best combination and concepts of routes that made Christian Fulton, who is regarded as one of the best coverage corners in this draft, look absolutely foolish. And while speed is a concept, you need to have speed as a receiver. It took more than just speed for Henry Ruggs to have 24 touchdown receptions for his career, third all-time in Alabama football history. It took the right route concepts, the right combination on those routes, manipulating defensive backs with your eyes, separation off the, top, off the line of scrimmage, separation on the crest at the top of the route. It took a lot of things for Henry Ruggs to be what he is as a wide receiver at Alabama. But before we continue this we're going to take our final break here on in my own words the podcast don't touch that dad we're going to come back and put a pretty bow on this thing right after this Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the conversation here in my own words, the podcast, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As I was saying before the break here, it took more for Henry Ruggs than just speed to have the career he had at the University of Alabama. Now, speed is a concept. Speed played a role. Yes, the primary thing is not to have guys catch you, but... I covered Henry Ruggs three years. I was in every practice. I was in every interview. I was in every game. And I'm seeing this young man put together some of the best route concepts, some of the best combinations, some of the best you know plays, whether it's slant routes, go routes, fade routes, sluggo routes, whatever you want. Henry Ruggs was giving it to you right there on the field. And the comp that everybody has for Ruggs is Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs of the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you go back to the Super Bowl this past year against San Francisco, as good as you know Hill is as a route runner, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers didn't give two cents about his route running. He out here going, can y'all tackle the brother? Can y'all put him to the ground? Can somebody chase him? Can somebody please find where Tyreek Hill is, wrap him up, and tackle this dude? Because he is freaking killing us. Can someone please get their hands on Tyreek Hill? Like, Kyle Shanahan didn't give a care about the route running. Kyle Shanahan says, locate Tyreek Hill, find him, find his jersey. I don't care if you have to rip him down by the helmet. I'm getting tired of seeing this young man burn us every single time. And when you watch Henry Ruggs, it's the same, it's the same skill set. He can run the routes. He can run all the routes from the route tree. He's very highly explosive, highly athletic, got speed to burn, got the foot to put to the pedal on the accelerator. And, and let's not forget, you know, there were moments, as much as I enjoyed Jerry Judy, and he is big time, there were moments where when Jerry Judy was dropping passes, Henry Ruggs wasn't dropping balls. Henry Ruggs was bringing them balls in. So, just saying, here is a guy that, even though speed plays a role, he is more than speed. He is bigger than speed. He can run the routes. 
He can catch the football. He can debate defenders. And he can pull the afterburners and say, bye-bye, you can't catch a speeding bullet. He got out of the house two-stepping for the touchdown. And at the end of the day, that's what these coaches want. If you're breaking ankles, if you're juking folks out their shoes, if you're putting the right combination of routes together, if you're catching passes, and by the way, Shawty, if you are scoring, that is all the coaches care about. That's it. But. If you want the best in news, notes, information, and content on the Crimson Tide, it's very easy and simple to do, ladies and gentlemen. You get the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and you can download this app on your iPhone if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. For our podcast options, we got you covered, whether it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord C. Spit, I will return on Friday to continue the conversation that is Crimson Tide football. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, leave you with my favorite three things. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate, value those husbands. Children, be obedient. Do what you got to do to get that work done and legitimately not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. And until next time, folks, this is your man, Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words.